0: I, hear a I see cant so going to fall it's Scaring is sharing it's Scaring is is sharing it's Scaring is. Sharing. sharing. So you watch a lot of horror movies, right? I've seen a couple. <laughs> do they ever like <laughs> do, do they ever like get into your head so much like you're dreaming you're in a horror movie? No, I don't think uh, I've ever oh, had
1: that happen.
0: That like, that happens to me a lot. I recently, I know I'm starting off so weird here, but I recently had this super vivid dream that I was in a Godzilla movie. Literally Godzilla was attacking uh, and I was like in the crowd of people like running away and it was like so vivid and real. I woke up in like a panic the other night. I was just like, oh my God, the house is going to collapse, Godzilla's here. And I was like, oh, But yeah, that's how I know I watch too much horror (laughs) movies, monster (laughs) movies. Anyway, this is Scaring is Sharing. I am Sasquatch Slim, Jeremy Rusk.
1: And I'm the flaming Scream Queen, Brandy Joe Plumback. Sup?
0: Wanna wrestle?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. hello this is a place where we share our favorite scary well sometimes not always our favorite but we share scary movies with one another that we haven't seen before and talk about all things horror
0: sometimes they're not even that scary really let's be honest and that's okay
1: i mean yep. we you know we do this every week so we gotta throw some curveballs in there sometimes some things that are horror mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: adjacent one of our favorite phrases i think that should be on uh if we can claim that, somehow make a t shirt or some shit, and it says horror adjacent, like somehow work <laughs> that in there, like that would be great.
1: But yeah, so I really haven't watched anything this week. Did
0: you watch something? I, you know, I feel like we've been slacking these last couple of weeks. I did revisit Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, I
1: was just looking at our list and saw that because I've never seen it.
0: We have it on there. I I, I might strike it from the list because I don't know if I actually want to, like, ever really assign it to you.
1: (laughs) It's not even that fun.
0: I hadn't seen it since I was a kid.
1: The poster is brilliant. I think of it and I think of being in the video store as a wee lad and that poster is brilliant.
0: Yeah, the poster is brilliant. It has that awesome theme song. Which I remember I had on this, like, one of those Halloween party, like, tapes, cassette tapes sure. back in the day. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Like, oh. it's like a military march, like, the theme okay. song of the movie. That, it's awesome. That tracks. It's awesome. Uh, but the movie itself, like, it's a late 70s, like, it's trying to be bad and, like, funny on purpose. Like, it really wants to be airplane or blazing saddles or something like that. But, like, the humor is pretty dated or just very stupid so rewatching it i was like this is definitely a movie that should have been like a saturday night live sketch back then but they turned it into an 80 minute movie so it kind of drags but like i do have a vi- vivid memory of getting it from blockbuster as like a kid and being like this is hilarious because <laughs> it's like very much geared for i think a childish audience um okay even though it's got like that 70s like there's a lot of like crass humor in there like You know, sex jokes that, of course, as a kid, I did not understand. But uh, my parents were like, and I'm like, what's so funny? Like that kind of stuff. But it's it's it. I don't know if it's good. (laughs) Like I I would definitely give it like a two or a two and a half tops, I think, rating rewatching it because I'm like, it's it's bad. It was meant to be bad on purpose, but it's also just kind of bad because it's Mm -hmm. so cheap and like underproduced, I guess. So
1: but I watched that. Okay. I tried to finish The Stylist, which the last time I had started, and I just, ugh, just could not get into it. So I watched the short that it was based on. It has the lead actress who was in that movie, Afflicted. Did you see that?
0: No. The name sounds... Oh, wait. No.
1: Old. I'm sorry. Contracted.
0: Oh, again. Yeah, I don't know. The name is familiar. I've probably seen it on like Netflix or something, the image of it, but...
1: It's like she sleeps with this guy and then she starts almost like turning into like, like I don't know a if a zombie zombies or something, or, but like kind of like, yeah, her flesh starts falling off and, and we're killer mutant. Like that. Yeah, she's really interesting. Her name's, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, Najara Townsend and she's gor- a gorgeous redhead. And I really, I really dig her, but just, and I love Bria Grant, love her. She's my new, like, sort of my new favorite scream queen. And, but there's just something about it. It's sort of single white female ish. And I Mm -hmm. love single white female. I love me some like wild ladies, but I just couldn't get into it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'm gonna be finishing it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Next, (laughs) (laughs) but I do have a slew of horror news this week, which I think is some fun stuff to talk about. I haven't been slacking there.
0: I have some, uh, I have music news. Oh, so uh, for my metal people, it's a horror adjacent metal world. News. Oh, boy. Uh, so this past week, Rob Zombie dropped a new album. I've heard of um, him. Yeah, you, you may have heard of Mr. Zombie, Mr. Robert Zombie. If I, I mean, if you're a fan of what he does already, you know, just heavy metal riffing with his stream of consciousness, you know, pop culture, singing about blackula and hg wells and whatever horror and science fiction he can reference like you're gonna dig it it's exactly like you know what he does and what he does well so check that out if you guys are so inclined he's put out like a music video for his song which the the title is the eternal struggles of the howling man which is like a wolfman themed song of course with a cool it sounds like cool little video attached to it Uh, And I wish I could tell you the name of the album, but he's been doing this thing lately where he gives them these like convoluted long titles. So I'm going to pull it up real quick.
1: Is he still with Sherry Moon? Are they still a couple?
0: Oh yeah. yep. They're like, they're like metals power couple there. You know, it's like one of those, all these rock stars have gone through like 10 wives or whatever, but like, they're like the one constant out there. Like they've been together for like 30 years and it's like, Oh, there are happy happy endings out there for these rockers.
1: She but seems th- cool, and he's so sexy. I just find him <laughs> so dreamy.
0: The name of the album is The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. Huh. So there you go, guys. <laughs> it's psychedelic. It's weird. If you're already into Rob Zombie, you'll dig it. So check that out.
1: Like, how often does he put out a new album? Like, is it rare? Or does he churn them?
0: He churns them. I, it, I'd say every couple years there's a new cycle. Like, he's, he okay. was... I mean, uh, well, especially before COVID hit, because I've seen him live like a couple of times now. He was a road dog, you know, always touring. Workaholic. He's touring. He does an album. You know, he makes a movie in there. Like he's always working on something. So he's a pretty hardworking fella.
1: Have you seen Lords of Salem? I have. Are you I a have. fan?
0: When I saw it, I was underwhelmed by it. I walked out being like, eh, I don't think I dig that one.
1: You saw it at the theater?
0: I saw it at the theater when it came okay. out years ago. Because it was so weird. It's like, it was, even for him, it was different from the other stuff he had been doing at the time. But it, I've seen retrospectives where like critics after the fact have been like, actually, I think this movie is better than people thought it was or whatever. So I've always wanted to revisit it, but I haven't since I saw it. So it might I might throw it in the rewatch pile one day to see how I feel. And what about 31? 31 I saw too. That was another one where I'm... Uh, 31 felt like... What he had already done with House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, but even cheaper and like more quickly made. Uh, I know some people liked it, but I was like, it's just more of the same. I like he's a filmmaker that I really want him to do something different from just, you know, gory, intense slasher like stories. Well, isn't
1: that sort of, isn't Lords from Salem a little bit different? I haven't seen it, but it looks like more of like a story about witches, but not like filled with this weird, you know, gore with clowns and things like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is different, but still like features. He, he verged really hard into like real psychedelic imagery and stuff in that one. Okay. Where I feel like it was, the plot was a little light. Uh, and he was really going for some strange and almost like a Stanley Kubrick kind of thing with like just lots of weird visuals thrown in there that I, 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 I want to see him get out of horror, I guess. I, I would like to see if he can do something that's uh, uh, different from horror, like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a straight action movie or even, well, this ties into a bit of news. I heard there's a rumor that he's doing a monsters movie for Universal oh, yeah. that's floating around and I'm like, maybe that's it. Maybe that'll be the thing. That's like shows that he's got a little more range. Cause I would hope that it's still going to be a comedy. Cause I know he's like a Munster super fan. Hmm. So yeah, he would probably be the right choice to try and revive it and probably stay true to the original show too. Now I don't
1: really know the Munsters, but isn't it like there's sort of like each of the big monsters and they're part of a family. Like there's like a werewolf and a vampire and a zombie.
0: Yeah. Or a yeah, right. I was always, as a kid, the Adams family, they had like the cool movies. Like those modern, you know, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values with Raul. Yes. Julia. And Joan Angelica Cusack. Angelica Houston, Yeah, and Joan Cusack. In the second one. In the second one, Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester. Like those movies are Christina great.
1: Christina Ricci. Like in yes. movies that she's perfect in.
0: Yeah, those movies are so good. Uh, but when you took the Adam's Family show compared to the Munsters show, uh, the original TV series, I, I was a monsters guy. Because the Adam's Family TV show was like, they're just weird. You know they're like weird people, but the monsters were actual monsters. (laughs) Because you know, Herman the patriarch is a Frankenstein's monster, and Lily Monster's a vampire, and Eddie the son is a werewolf. Then you got Grandpa, who's just Dracula.
1: And how did they like? How did they come to be? Were there two monsters, and then they had babies, and the babies were different sorts of little mon? You're shaking your yeah you're like don't, don't ask questions don't ask it's questions the way it was
0: that's just the way it was those 60s sitcoms you know they didn't <laughs> answer that that was just the setup from the get-go what they had was their niece that lived with them who was just a normal person ah
1: like a little girl
0: or like no she was like a teenager she okay. was like 18 19 supposed to because you be, gotta
1: but. have someone who's like normal in a sea of craziness like yeah it, has it, to the work. setup
0: of the show was that like apparently her parents were like the normal ones out of this monster (laughs) family but they they raised her since she was a baby so she grows up thinking like she's ugly and like the weird one and that they're normal and so that's like you know Ah. where the juxtaposition you know the hilarity ensues from there like
1: that twilight zone episode that's twilight zone right where the girl gets surgery and then she takes off her mask and she's A normal person every normal is like pig people. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's such a good episode. I bet that's just like freaked people out when they saw Oh yeah.
0: Yep. But yeah, that's the monsters, man.
1: Are you excited about the new Evil Dead movie? Evil Dead Rises. Yes, I am. I think it sounds awesome. I love the idea that it takes place somewhere totally different, because I think that's why Army of Darkness is so like so good because yeah Yeah. because it just like does something totally different and i feel like if you're gonna make another one like go somewhere different and i love the idea that it's gonna take place like in a city and like from what Mm -hmm. they're saying like a high rise hence i think evil dead rises yeah and it has new it plays on numerous levels
0: sure you know and it's like because evil Dead evil dead 2 are classics but then army of darkness takes it and it's you know medieval dead is what it was supposed to be and that's awesome then they did the quote-unquote remake, which takes it back to the cabin, though, and you're like, ah, okay. And then even the TV series, uh, Ash vs Evil Dead, which is very good, uh, but I think it was in like the second season, they end up back at the cabin for an extended period. And you're like, get away from the cabin. Stop doing the cabin. Cause we've seen yeah. that over and over. Like, And then we've seen everyone rip you off doing it over and yes. over. So. so get away from the cabin. So I love yeah. the idea that this is going to be in the city. Maybe like, what were they saying? Like evil dead rise. Isn't it like a high rise? They're talking yeah, about. Doing and it? I think they're yeah. filming it in
1: like Australia. I don't know if they're just going to film it there or if it will like take place there. And mm-hmm. I think from the talks of it, it's supposed to have like a female lead. Who's like trying to save her family, which also there's not been, I mean, there's been like the, saving his sister family aspect but if it's like an actual family like her husband and kids or something or her mom and her dad and sisters and brothers or whatever i think it just sounds really cool and i love uh, a heroine so yeah i i you know and i wish jane levy was doing it because i loved jane levy in the remake but Mm -hmm. i'm also fine with it being someone brand new
0: yeah. The remake was very cool. I always wanted a second one to that, like continue that storyline, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So
1: it was just fun how they sort of turned it on its head. Like you have the Jane Levy character and I also enjoyed how it sort of played into, I mean, I love storylines that deal with addiction. Mm-hmm. So you have her being this heroin addict and also the fact that they're not really believing her because she's like, you know, what's it called? Not relapsing. Um, like drawing withdrawing and I just appreciate that whole storyline. But then it's like, she's in the cellar, but then she also ultimately ends up being like the lead and the the heroine of it. It's just, it really played with what you think it's going to be and what it does. And I thought it was really successful. I just did not love the end when like the evil dead comes out of the ground. And it's like, like I, I was thinking it was going to be like the end of Cabin in the Woods, like this giant scary thing would come out of the ground. But instead it's just like, It's just a a weird looking woman. Like I just, it was so weird. Like I I was displeased with that portion on, although I love the blood rain.
0: Or the end of uh, Evil Dead 2 where it, that giant tree monster, it becomes that giant demon that's trying yeah. to eat him. Like, that was that's cool. Like, I thought that's yeah. where they were going with it. And then it was just, like, a weird skinless woman. And you're like, uh. And I
1: wonder if it was supposed to sort of be, like, her alternate self, or... I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there's reason to it. It just, I was underwhelmed with that
0: monster or yeah. creature. And then they had the extra little thing at the end which just that image of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so they're going to make a two of that. And then we're going to cross over with Ash and like figure out how this all fits together. And that would have been great. But (laughs) but it never happened. So I was like, oh, okay. Because they kept saying this is all the same universe and we're going to show you how it fits, but it never really happened. So I think we've sort
1: of touched on this before, but you know that they're doing this Chucky series, USA and Sci-Fi is doing mm-hmm. this series called Chucky, I think. And it's actually like Brad Dourif and Jennifer Tilly are involved. And I just was reading that the storyline, well, first of all, Devin Sawa just joined this week. Yeah,
0: Devin Sawa.
1: <laughs> you love he, him. He's around. <laughs> I know, right? He's, he's like-
0: He has quite a comeback. Yeah, he's turning into Mr. Horror movies. Like all of a sudden, like every time I turn around, he's casting a new like uh, you know budget like horror flick. So,
1: so the cool thing I read was that the plot, the rumored plot, is this middle school boy finds a Chucky doll at a garage sale. But the cool thing is, he's supposed to be gay. This like middle oh. school kid, and I'm like, that's so cool. Because like I feel like there's definitely been a resurge or that it happens more that there are gay characters as a, a more integral part of these horror movies and stories. Rarely are they like the leads. I mm-hmm. think like Spiral came out last year. I think it was um, a Shudder film. I did not like it, oh, no. but I appreciate that it was like a gay couple at the the center and they had like a daughter and you know it was sort of a a plot point but like i just want that to be more of a thing of just like gay characters can be the leads without it being a gay movie necessarily and also those gay movies like hellbent and some other ones are just not that great so i'm intrigued and also that he's so young like i mean you know you could know you're gay in middle school and it doesn't have to be anything weird it can just be that he has a crush on a boy or whatever i'm just i'm intrigued to see how it plays into things
0: yeah representation matters
1: representation that's right
0: more to that point too. don mancini the creator and like he's been the screenwriter virtually he didn't do the remake of child's play but he like did every other chucky thing he created it and he's been attached to like everything uh i do believe he is gay so i if he's if he's part of this new series, I'm sure there's some input from him there. And I do know that's why in like Seed of Chucky, there was the plot line with the uh, with the son of- uh, Glen,
1: Glen or Glenna?
0: Glen or Glenda, I believe.
1: Um, and also there is that gay character in Bride of Chucky, which is kind of fun, mm-hmm. but he, he dies. I just, yeah, I thought he was very funny. So it's, I'm intrigued and I, I'm excited. You know, I, the remake was not hot. It was not good. I just thought the doll looked really weird and it was weird that he had a man's voice when he was the doll. And um hmm. so I never I'm saw it, preacher, so
0: I missed yeah, that one.
1: Okay. Don't. I love Aubrey Plaza, but no, don't. It's okay. Good. So yeah, I'm excited for that. And I was reading about this new Eli Roth movie, Borderlands. It's based on a video game. Do you know anything about the video game?
0: I love Borderlands. What Uh, is it all about? I actually just started playing Borderlands 3, which was the most. I'm a little behind video game people. I know it has been out for a minute, but I just started. uh, I imagine vampires.
1: Is it vampires? No,
0: it is science fiction. Outer space. It's it's like a Western science fiction wet, where the, the loose plot of the games is that there's the planet Pandora, which is like this outlaw frontier world where they have things called vaults buried there, uh, which all have like treasure, unknown treasures or whatever. Uh, and you pay, play as a mercenary that's come to this planet to try and get some treasure. And then there's warring factions of different... Um, essentially they're like monsters and creatures and robots and people with psychic powers and all these different like factions of pirates and bandits fighting each other. And you kind of jump around through that world as you play the game. So, okay. There's going to be a lot of gunplay and action. I imagine in the uh, movie version, probably a little bit Mad Max like with just, okay. A lot, lots of scavenged vehicles and just, you know, ragtag characters with, Weird weapons. So
1: yeah, I was reading Haley Bennett, who was in that swallow movie that some people think is horror adjacent because there's sort of the body horror of swallowing a pika like swallowing weird objects. Oh, sure. I just viewed it more as a straight drama myself. But Haley Bennett's in it, and she was amazing in Swallow. She gave a really terrific performance. It's very, very powerful. And I, I just loved her in it. So I'm excited that she's in this, whatever it is. It sounds intriguing.
0: It yeah, it's got the potential. Those video games, I'm like, this could be a whole movie franchise. Like, it seems like it's taken them long enough to try and adapt it into something.
1: I think I thought of vampires because there's a vampire movie called Stakeland. Stakeland, right? Yep. Okay. So I got them sort of mixed and melded in my head. Sure.
0: And Stakeland's kind of like Mad Max, but with vampires. So, oh, really? Yeah. So intriguing. Yeah. Finally. My
1: last bit of horror news is I was curious if you watch the trailer for the new Amazon Prime series. It's called Them colon Covenant. No. It's supposed to be like an anthology series. Hmm. So the first it's Them. And then the first series is Covenant. And hmm. someone named Little Marvin, it's their like creation. I'm not sure who Little Marvin, Marvin is. But with a name like that, I, hopefully I'll find out more about them.
0: That's yeah. A- sounds like an interesting character but it takes place during the
1: 50s and it's about this black family that moves into this like all-white la neighborhood hmm. and it looks so interesting the eldest daughter from us are there just two kids in us i get confused with all the different families is there just there a was, boy and a girl
0: yeah it was a mom and dad and then yeah a girl was the oldest and then the okay. boy was the youngest
1: i don't I think i'm getting it confused because there's like the mom as a little girl, so I was like yes. thinking there were two daughters. But so the their daughter in like modern times, I think her name's Shoddy Wright Joseph, if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, she's I think one of the leads in it, and Allison Pill is in it, and I love Allison Pill. I find her so interesting, but it just looks super creepy. It looks cool. kind of like Stepford Wivesy. Okay. And- weird it looks weird and creepy there's a really eerie like monster in it
0: i'll have to check that out
1: yeah i thought it looked really the trailer is amazing like i was cool. like i cannot wait for this mm-hmm. so i love some social horror
0: you know and like oh, always good
1: amazing at that like he's really brought that to the forefront so
0: yeah, absolutely pretty... he's he's just masterful as he they is. say with what he does he really so is.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I think we've talked about us before. Like I wasn't wild about it, but it's still so much better than so many
0: horror movies I've seen. So Oh absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's pretty it's memorable for sure.
1: Yeah. At the very least. Get out is just pure brilliance. Yeah, get
0: out was top notch. Yeah,
1: all around. All the performances. All around. How it ended. Like I know that there were talks of like an alternate ending that was much darker, more depressing, and I'm really happy with the ending that's there
0: mm-hmm oh yeah. like
1: while i like a dreary ending i also appreciate when happy things happen <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh and i also for the trauma fans out there they and it, it also ties into my music because i've been on a kick of like getting back into some weird metal here the uh they're a death metal band called sanguisuga bog which is like what that's a that name mean? I have no idea. Some of these bands, it's like they just make up words, I think. Which I think it's a playoff of, what's the word? Sanguination, I believe, is to have blood drained. So I think it's a playoff of that somehow. But Sanguasugabog. It's, you know, some like (laughs) kind of death metal. Uh, Um, Like water? Oh, yeah, even heavier than that. Oh, But they have teamed with Troma. They've They've got a new album coming out soon, and they teamed with Troma, and they've done a couple music videos that are pretty oh. fun if you're a trauma fan like the first one is the members of the band all like get these injections in their dicks and they turn into the big dick monster that's oh. like- the dick monster puppet that pops up in a lot of trauma stuff and then they have to get their dicks cut off and the monster is killed wow and then there's a sequel video where one of the dick monsters has turned into a giant godzilla dick monster that's destroying uh traumaville and sergeant kabuki man comes and turns into a giant robot and fights him and it's like okay that's okay fantastic melding <laughs> You know, in the Venn diagram of trauma fans, death metal fans, there's a lot of overlap there. So I imagine some, there is. There's some brilliant marketing there. I'm one of them. I fall right in there. So it's like, <laughs> check out Staying with Sugabog's music videos, guys. If you're into that sort of thing, if you like trauma and death metal, you'll probably dig it. Cool. Get into it. Get into it. Gordon the Chest, I think, is the name of the new one that's out. So, uh, wow. and if you find that video, you'll probably find. Uh, The one before I think is Dick Filet, I think is the name of the song. So uh, fun stuff. Yeah, sure is. Oh, also on TV, I just caught part of Jurassic Park the other day. The Uh, O'Ridge? The O'Ridge, man. And I was just, it took me down memory lane for a minute. I mean, I've seen it like a billion, million times over the years. But one, seeing Sam Neill after watching Possession so recently, I was like, man, it's crazy to see where your career trajectory went from doing these real weird movies to like being a big mainstream star because of Jurassic Park. And then I was thinking about when I saw Jurassic Park, like I was a little guy when that came out and was in theaters. And I remember my dad took me and my cousin uh, and it like scared the shit out of us. That movie, like, you know, we were ready for some dinosaur. Like we were dinosaur obsessed little, little boys, but seeing that movie, we're like, Holy shit. Dinosaurs are scary. Uh, and they will eat you. And it was, Probably one of the scariest things I'd ever seen as a kid.
1: I spent the summer in Spain as like a little middle schooler. And that was the summer of 93 because I was there when Jurassic Park came out. Mm. And I remember when I, so I, and it didn't come out there, so I couldn't see it, but it was all the rage. And I remember I came home and they like re-released it later in the summer. Or mm-hmm. since I'm from Wyoming, like it didn't get to Wyoming until- <laughs> later i don't know which it was well
0: i think too that was when movies like stayed out man like a movie might be in theaters for like years if it was making a lot of money before they pulled it so
1: but i remember being able to see it in the theater and i was so excited because everyone just was talking about how good it was and it was Mm -hmm. so good it's still a
0: great movie
1: i don't think i saw all of them i saw the second one i don't think i saw three because two has like a little girl in it doesn't it as well yep. and she does like gymnastics and i was yeah, like this is ridiculous i do yes. not care for it
0: none of them are as good as the original and then there's a three
1: and then did was there not another one until that chris pratt one you are correct and then has there been one since that chris pratt one yes there's been one more since
0: then one more with chris pratt and you know and bryce, bryce dallas. dallas howard They're bryce dallas howard again yeah one.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then there's another one coming out with them, right? They're
0: working on another one. How was this most recent one? I think it's the worst of all of them. Oh. Like, I thought it was just like pers- oh, so the first one's the best. Two had some fun. Because like the second one had Jeff Goldblum back, and he's just always great, but like it's a ridiculous, you know, movie. Three three feels like okay. So if you've read the novels, the first Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton i did Uh, love that one it's great book but three has a bunch of the third movie has like all the stuff from the first book that didn't make it into like other movies so it feels like a collection of because it's got like the tyrannid where they go to the aviary and they get attacked by pterodactyls and stuff and you're like oh that's in the first book like they saved like they it feels like a collection of deleted scenes really that they didn't get to use in other movies it's it's okay And then there's a long pause. And then there was Jurassic World with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. When it first came out, I thought it was fun enough because it's probably the next one in the series that actually captures any of the feeling of seeing the original for the first time. uh, Where they do enough the same, but enough different that you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, this does feel like when I was a kid and seeing, you know, this Mm -hmm. dinosaur mayhem and you're not sure what's going to happen, but it's like interesting to see people get eaten by dinosaurs in fun ways and then they made the next one which just doesn't do much for me it just felt what's like
1: it called the most recent
0: one Fallen kingdom i think jurassic world fallen kingdom or something like that that sounds boring or lost kingdom i don't know it, 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 it jurassic world fallen kingdom you're okay right. yeah it feels kind of like a rehash of what they did with the lost world the second one which was like Scientists come and they take the dinosaurs and they're trying to use them as like weapons for the military or like sell them off to rich. It just, it's not very exciting or interesting. So,
1: well, interesting.
0: Well, I will probably
1: go see the new one.
0: I mean, I'll keep seeing them. I'm a sucker for these franchises. You know, nostalgia is a powerful thing. So I'll probably see every one they put out. But
1: I remember my favorite part of Jurassic World was Lauren. Lupkus, she was like like she's like the quirky, I can't remember what she was, like an assistant or mm-hmm. like a, something like that. Like she I just remember she was very funny. That was the first time I'd ever seen her and I was like, Oh my god, whoever that woman yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. It was a good time. And Judy Greer never yep. works enough. I mean, she works all the time, but like she works I all the time, but have she enough of her.
0: She should be the lead in like most things. She's always relegated now to like yep, a she's supporting always role. The
1: daughter, the sister, the mom. Like yeah, <laughs> the yep, mom.
0: She needs to just be the hero in something, and I would be, I'd be so there for that.
1: Yeah, that moment and the most recent Halloween was so good, where you know she's like she calling gets out
0: to, for mom, and then she's like, gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah, she
0: gets to kick some ass. It's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, I hope she doesn't die in two or three, but I bet she will. We'll see we will
0: see
1: well share with me what are you gonna share with me this week give it to me
0: it's time i gotta give a shout out to my brother because he inspired me uh, yeah bert if you're listening that's my brother robert uh bert do you call call him burr i call him bert bert fun yep but he told me that i should give you this movie uh it, it feels very timely too because Uh, We just watched a movie from Ireland. And by the time people hear this, it'll be post-St. Patrick's Day. So I'm sending you back to Ireland. And I am giving you Rawhead Rex. Oh, Mm. this
1: was Mm -hmm. one of the ones you submitted for Strange Cinema Saturdays.
0: Yes. And it it looked
1: amazing.
0: It got... uh, Don't get too
1: excited because it's... uh, I mean, in a bad way.
0: Yeah, go into this with, you know, expecting to have some fun uh, with a goofy kind of movie. What little I'm going to tell you is like, yes, it's from Ireland, set in Ireland. And uh, this movie scared the ever-living shit out of me as a kid. Like I saw it I like, it was burned in my brain for many years as this like, that was so terrifying. Uh, and I never knew what it was. And I like rediscovered it as an adult, like what that movie was. Uh, and you know re-watching it you're like okay it hasn't aged necessarily the child mind really builds things up
1: well i know it's Clyde barker i know there's a weird mm-hmm. monster in it we saw the trailer but like when i try to think of a plot for it all i can think of is pumpkin head so mm-hmm. yeah I, there's a monster i feel like there's probably a family at the heart of it. it's Clyde barker so he's not normally from what i know of like like oh a little family so I don't know, I feel like somehow a monster is summoned, or people uncover something and this monster comes out. Since it's in Ireland, I feel like it deals with some lore, but I think Clyde Barker's English.
0: You're correct, yeah, he's English, he's English.
1: But I think this monster will be somehow summoned and is gonna be very pissed off that it was and wreak havoc on the world. But I feel he's going to get killed. He's going to die.
0: Oh, no, be- Mer- no evil prevails this time? Nope.
1: no evil will not prevail. But I feel like he's a big scary monster. I just keep thinking of Pumpkinhead, which I know in that, and I've not seen that either. But I think like a guy's kid is killed so he has like a witch like summon this monster to seek revenge so that's what i keep going to with rawhead rex that it's like a revenge tale with a monster <laughs> and i don't think that that's right but and we just saw the trailer like two or three weeks ago but i cannot for life of me remember anything except for glimpses of the monster
0: yeah and that one got a really big response too like big media like people were really excited for that one too so
1: so yeah i'm in i'm intrigued i think Clive Barker directed it. No, no, he just wrote it. But he is wrote the book it.
0: called Rawhead Rex? It's uh, it's based on a novella of his uh, that was part of the Books of Blood, and it is okay. called Rawhead Rex. It's one of the uh, entries in the Books of Blood series. Have you read it? I read it parts of it, like ages ago years ago okay and in fact i kind of like well maybe i can find a copy of it again and brush up before we (laughs) discuss but yeah i do know this was like the beginning in the movie world of clive barker becoming a name okay in the the film world so all right well i'm intrigued i Mm imagine him to be
1: red but that's probably just because Rawhead rex all those r's he just i imagine him to be big and red yeah I think he's very large, though, this monster. I imagine him with a square head of some nature. Again, I think I'm going to Pumpkinhead. (laughs) Like, Pumpkinhead has like a weird, does he almost look like a xenomorph?
0: Yeah. Pumpkinhead, uh, the movie was uh, directed by, uh, and the creature was designed by Stan Winston, who, you know, worked on uh, the special effects guy that worked on Jurassic Park uh, and the alien movies, you know, so ah so that makes sense and i've heard
1: aren't they supposed to be remaking that or something Pumpkinhead,
0: yeah probably everything's supposed to you know rawhead rex is supposed to get a remake everything's supposed to get a remake so you know
1: okay we'll
0: see if any of them ever happen but all right well there you go very cool
1: great well i'm giving you
0: big bad wolves Big Bad Wolves. I know the name of this. I just told it to you. You just told it to me. (laughs) This name sounds familiar, I should say. (laughs) This was kind of like a hit a few years ago, I think. Uh, Like on the indie circuit or something like that. Um, I believe this is foreign, if I remember. And it's like from Israel or the Middle East or something like that. I thought I might be way off. But this is a revenge story, I think. I think somebody, if I remember, someone's, from what I heard of it, of course, I haven't seen it, but what, what I seem to want to say, I think I saw a trailer or something years ago. Okay. What year is this? Do you know? The year up the
1: top?
0: Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I saw the trailer years ago or something. I think it's, like, somebody's, like, daughter or girlfriend or some, I want to say female relation gets murdered and he goes out for revenge against some bad dudes whoever it was that did this uh and hilarity ensues (laughs) (laughs) that's what uh, that's what i as
1: often is the case with revenge tales
0: yeah obviously heartwarming like Last story. House on
1: the left. Hilarious. Bad Hilarity popular.
0: ensues. <laughs> oh, that's what I think.
1: Is he Krug or Krug? Krug. Is it pronounced Krug? Like Is it Freddy Krug? Kruger?
0: Yeah, I think it's Krug, like Freddy Kruger. Okay. I think. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yep. But that's what I think. It's a revenge story. Well, you so... know
1: more about it than I thought you did. Oh, wow. But... Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. But still, I'm excited right for you to watch it. Yep. I'm excited
1: was... to rewatch it. It's been a long time.
0: I remember so. it got like rave reviews when it came out, if I recall. So.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see you back here in a minute to discuss
0: yeah. with a bunch of a couple of crazy movies. So that's right. See you guys in a minute.
1: Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos. more
0: crazy! <laughs> Hey guys, we're back from the void. Guess who's
1: back? Back again. Sasquatch Slim uh, and his friend. <laughs> and his friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. It's so appropriate that we're recording on uh, St. Patrick's Day, and we watched yet another
0: Irish flick, which I know yeah, you had planned. I, I planned that out a little bit. There was a little forethought in there. Once I decided to pick this movie, I was like, "Oh, cool! St. Patrick's Day. This will be perfect." so let's let's get started guys uh rawhead rex is our first movie which is just a fun name to say rawhead rex uh and also i feel like uh you know like on tv they used to do like warning the following contains graphic content or adult themes so we're getting into a couple movies where you know here's your little here's your warning you know there's gonna be some dark
1: the show's called Scaring is Sharing. So... Some darker
0: subject matter ahead, guys, especially with the <laughs> second movie. But anyway, Rawhead Rex. He's pure evil, pure power, pure terror. Ireland will never be the same after Rawhead Rex, a particularly nasty demon, is released from his underground prison by an unwitting farmer. The film follows Rex's cross-country rampage while a man struggles to stop it. Mm. That's it. That's pretty much what happens.
1: <laughs> uh, this movie was a delight. I thought it was so much fun. Oh, good. So before we watched it, I had like pulled up the poster, which is like the one of him like awakening, yeah, which is coming to- just Ugh. a beautiful poster. And that image was the best image of him throughout mm-hmm. the whole
0: thing. Yeah. Because- oh, yeah. Because the costume's pretty hokey.
1: Yeah, it gets progressively worse. And I remembered seeing a picture of him in like a Fangoria when I was a kid. I mm-hmm. like once I saw him, I was like, oh, right. I remember this and being like, oh, Rawhead Rex. That's the worst part about it is that the design of the monster is not so great. Like they talk about him being like eight or nine feet tall, but I'm like, he looks like he's like six and a half feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Like, every once in a while, they'll do something where he looks tall, but for the most part, he doesn't look super tall, except for they talk about
0: him being tall. Yeah.
1: And I watched it on Shudder, per your recommendation, and the transfer was just gorgeous.
0: Yeah, that's a really good restoration that's out there now. That's what you're going to find, guys, when you look for it, which is, like, great, because this is a movie that languished on VHS, like, forever. Like, I don't think it was ever released on DVD. During you know like the heyday of DVD itself, it went from like being a hit on VHS and then disappearing, uh, and then getting all of a sudden this Blu-ray restoration because so many people were clamoring for like a proper like collector's edition release of this movie,
1: and not its title card, but all the rest of the credits were the Avatar font.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess so. Papyrus or whatever. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which I I hate so much. Like, Avatar is one of the biggest movies ever made, and they couldn't, like, design their own font.
0: Yeah, they just use straight up papyrus.
1: Yep. (laughs) I've never (laughs) even seen Avatar, but it's one of my biggest issues with it.
0: I've never made it all the way through that movie, honestly. Okay.
1: I'm kind of waiting till they make a sequel and they re-release it so I can watch it in the theater. Sure.
0: I, I've I've it's I tried to watch it a couple of times and it's one of those movies where I'm like I fell asleep or <laughs> there was like no cause it's another one of those three hour epics and it's just I don't know I've got enough of those I like sure the score
1: <clears throat> let me try that again <laughs> the score the score and this was like so lavish and like complex <laughs> and beautiful
0: it's really good when that opening theme starts on the title card of just raw right, head right. and like red yeah. <laughs> or and, like red colored screen with the title it's like you're just like oh man I, like this is shy it's gonna be crazy It kind of reminded
1: me of two different movies, and I think one came out before and one came out after. I don't think that they had any influence on it, but it reminded me of Poltergeist and Silver Bullet.
0: Yeah, it does have kind of a vibe for those, doesn't it? Like
1: Poltergeist because of the kids. Yeah. The kids, and also something about the score a couple of times reminded me of that. And the little boy's name was Robbie. Oh, Okay. Which I'm pretty sure is the little boy's name in Poltergeist, if I'm remembering correctly. And then there's just some Silver Bullet vibes, like especially when he attacks the first couple. Mm -hmm. Like there just is a vibe of some of those werewolf attacks to Mm me. I appreciated the sort of, like it wasn't just this monster awakening. there, Like he could also like that there's this ancient history with him and he can like put people in trances and make them do things was mm-hmm. weird but i appreciated that it wasn't a straight up just oh here's a monster like there's more of like he's oh. god in a way it was like the one oh, sure. strange, whatever is sort of saying
0: yeah i guess he's supposed to be like a pagan deity or demon or a warlord that once like ruled the you know he's all mixed into one like he's just some ancient thing that used to you know terrorize the area and then they buried his ass in the ground but he got out and they like
1: buried him and then put that heavy obelisk like on him so like, like that was a- him down
0: yeah yeah that okay so, reading into like, I, I dug a little bit into like Clive Barker, what he was doing with the, because he adapted this script. He wrote the screenplay adapting his own short story. And uh, I was reading into his ideas, his influences, what he was doing with his short story with this. Because this is one of those cases where the written word of this story you know is far deeper and goes with so many more layers than made it into the finished movie i guess Clyde barker like disowned this movie because uh, he didn't like the finished product i thought i heard that but enough of his like reading up what he wanted and what's still in the movie like enough of current the kernels of like his ideas still make it into this flick whether by accident or what but yeah so Rahid rex He was playing off of ancient like pagan fertility cults. That was really common for a lot of pre-Christian religion was specifically uh, phallus worship or, you know, uh, kind of a duality. You would have because that was supposed to be a big dick. That obelisk was just a big dick because it was supposed to be based off of these ancient, you know, cults based around like masculinity and the power of manness, you know, of course, represented by. Phalluses and all that. Ancient Rome had a lot of that stuff around. And then you have the other side, which is the femininity fertility cults, which use those. Um, it's kind of what that stone was supposed to be at the end that killed him, I guess, represent mm-hmm. women, uh, his antithesis. And, you know, those uh, in archaeological sites, what do they call them? Venus, Venuses, usually sculptures that are clearly <laughs> the feminine figure. Uh, bless you. <laughs> Salud. That represent femininity side of fertility so you have one or the other uh in conflict so that's what he was doing with this like rawhead rex is supposed to represent in the written story i guess like part of what he does it's a little more in depth like he kills a bunch of kids like in the written story not just the one like in this movie you know and he uh part of what he just his main thing is he's supposed to be male like a male heterosexuality, just unrepressed, like physical manifestation of it run amok. And so like he's running around raping women and killing kids and supposed to be uh, exuding his like alpha maleness all over the place. So I guess that's like the critique. Part of what Clive Barker got into is like all these old monster movies, what the story was supposed to be a spoof of is monster on the loose. You know, these like like Creature from the Black Lagoon is a good example. Monster on the loose, tax women. Like, what is the monster other than just a big dick with teeth running around, like, all over the place? So that's what Clyde Barker was doing with the story. This was supposed to be, like, toxic masculinity, like, spoofing these notions of sexuality and sexual politics that are present in monster movies. And I've not read the story. I've read, like, parts of it. I don't remember it very well. That was, like, in college. So I guess people say the written word version of this, the written, the novella, is a little more, like satirical and like oh wait wait like we get you get what's going on there whereas he didn't like what the movie did was literally take his spoof of monster on the loose stories and just make it a monster on the loose story with less of the nuance he thought should be in there
1: i found when the dad's son was getting killed like he seemingly gets caught in the gate but then like while it's happening he's just like no and he doesn't actually seem to be trying to get to save his
0: son whatsoever
1: (laughs) but then immediately afterwards he's just free i'm like what the fuck? and also prior to that the little girl they're like she's four she can go pee by herself in the middle of nowhere i'm like what is wrong happening both of you
0: parents and so my history with this movie too is i saw like i can't remember it was my parents i was with i was with some adults my aunt and uncle maybe i don't know i was with i was at somebody's house with some adults i want to say it was my parents and this was on as like a saturday afternoon movie on TV, like this would have been the early 90s, because I was probably like as old as the kids are in this movie. And it was on TV. I would, My mom wouldn't let me watch that kind of stuff. So I assume it was probably I was with my dad, and he left it on and I got to watch parts of this. And that scene, when the boy gets killed, and they're in the field and all that was like what I remember from this movie. And it was like burned in my mind. Like, this is the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. My dad thought it was hilarious. Like, this is so corny <laughs> and goofy. But I was like, why are you laughing? This is horrifying. Uh, and I spent years not knowing what this movie was. Like, I just remember like monster attacks boy and car. Eventually through the beauty of the internet, I found out it was Rawhead Rex. And And then, then for years after that, it lingered in my brain as like, oh, that's like the scariest movie ever made, right? Like, it's really intense. And then I finally saw it as an adult. And I'm like, oh, it's fun, but it's like, it's not really that scary. My, as my mom refers to this, she's like, that's the movie where the monster looks like Zippy the Pinhead, right? And I'm like, yeah, he does a little bit. He's got Who's butter. that? That's a uh, Google Zippy the Pinhead. He was a uh, Sunday newspaper comic strip character. And he was based on the, the Pinhead characters from like Freaks, the movie um oh, okay but he's you know rawhead's got his pointy head and his mohawk and he does when you pull up zippy the pinhead you're like huh, huh yeah <laughs> looks a little bit like him
1: and at the end when there's like at like the cemetery not the very very end but like leading up to it does rawhead rex piss on that priest
0: oh yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah. the the famous baptism scene he's supposed to be baptizing the priest as his like acolyte. with his jizz or with his pee. I think, I assume it's pissing. Like, I saw, like, some people online think it's like ejaculate or referred to it as such. So I'm not sure if it's jizz, if it's piss, if it's both. Uh huh. Jizz. Yeah, a little mix of both because he is supposed to be, like, you know, a freaking man monster. The
1: end also was reminiscent to me of Watcher in the Woods. Did you ever see that? That Disney movie with Betty Davis?
0: I remember the name Watcher in the Woods. And I remember, like, I remember it eliciting like creepiness to me, but I don't remember anything about the movie. I don't know. Talk about uh, a
1: movie with a bunch of really weird endings um, because Disney couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. And they, there's just like all these variations, but Mm -hmm. I think it's to do with like the animation and such is very similar. Like how they do some of that stuff. I really thought it looked pretty cool. Actually. I mean, a little cheesy, but it also was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. In that eighties way
1: yeah and i was like oh like i knew that we had to come back to that woman that they walked by in the street or the woman that was like don't tongue kiss in front of me yeah <laughs> and that was, she's like she looks familiar i knew uh-huh. we had to come back to that like the mom was horrible though like i didn't ever like her she no. was just sort of like unlikable so i was a little annoyed that she had to like save the day
0: yeah I mean that too. Apparently that's something that like, this was something that kind of made it into the movie where like, I saw some reviews and stuff where people were like, that's just kind of tacked in. Like all of a sudden they're like, Oh, it needs a woman to hold it. And then boom. And they're like, and it feels kind of out of nowhere. Like the story doesn't really build it. it does. Um, I'm like, it is like now that I've rewatched this a few times, if you're paying attention, like it's kind of subtly in there. Like there's bits of dialogue here and there when they're like reading the stained glass and what that means. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, in there. I don't remember exactly what he says, but if you pay attention to him translating what it says on that stained glass window, you can see where it's like, oh, the way he emphasized, like, no man or something like that. Like, oh, it means, you know, a woman has to do it, not a man or something, you know. It's like telegraphed earlier in the movie that you're like, oh, I can see how people would miss this because it's just brief mention, but it's still. No, in I love
1: there. that womanhood saves the day oh sure yeah I just, she just randomly shows up like where's the daughter she just randomly mm-hmm. shows up and is like oh i should pick up this stone like and i guess you know she probably like her family bloodline was the one to stop it before i just wish that w- that she herself being the savior of it all would be telegraphed more like i I appreciated that it was a woman i just like thought that she didn't deserve to be that woman
0: oh no absolutely no i get it i get it yeah and that's something too and i guess in clive barker's like story like it's more explicit (laughs) since for all intents and purposes rawhead rex is a giant dick monster uh his nemesis if you will is like pregnant women Or a woman that is menstruating because it's supposed to represent like an irrefutable embodiment of femininity in a way, you know, something that is the opposite of what he is supposed to be and represent. So that's supposed to. So that's why
1: he doesn't hurt the pregnant woman.
0: That's why that's another scene. People are like, the movie doesn't explain that at all. Like he just leaves. And it's like, yeah, that's like, I think that's got to be a holdover from what Clyde Barker had originally written, where it's like a pregnant woman. To him is like, oh, no, that's the opposite of what I am, which is this masculine monster God. So
1: yeah, it was weird in the opening credits. Like it says story by Clive Barker, but it doesn't say based on the book by Clive Barker. Yeah. Which is so
0: weird. It's a weird credit. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of
1: sloppy kissing in it. Like normally you see like making out where like, you know, you don't really see tongue or spit, but here it was just like all tongue, all spit all day
0: oh yeah man there's some horny ass people in ireland apparently what's your favorite sequence in this movie my okay i don't okay not really a sequence but there is a real quick scene that like i laughed out loud at because i I don't know it was just delivered so perfectly it's when the dad who by the way is a pretty like charming character throughout it yeah perhaps david dukes was the actor uh not to be confused with David Duke, the famous racist, but David Dukes with an S. He he passed away some time ago, suddenly, I believe. So R-I-P rest. In David, peace. David Daisy Dukes. Yep, Daisy Dukes. But the part where he's at the police station and the one ca- cop is like, care for a cup of tea? And he's like, Why don't you go fuck yourself? Like I couldn't I wrote
1: that line down. I loved that so could much. not
0: stop laughing,
1: yeah, that's awesome. Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs>
0: yeah, I was like I just laughed out loud. I was like that's one of the greatest line deliveries, like it ever. is, but no, my favorite sequence in this, the mayhem of when rawhead attacks the like the trailer park, the trailer camp mm-hmm. when uh, he comes
1: back it, a second time,
0: yeah, and he's just it's just explosions and guns going off, and he's like running that guy down and just <laughs> kills him. That's just. That's 80s monster mayhem, and I love it.
1: I particularly loved the scene the first time he comes to the trailer park, and when he chases that couple through the forest, mm. or rather, mm. when they run, they find the body and they start to run. And it's just the cinematography is so gorgeous. Like the cameras, like following behind them as they're running, holding hands, mm-hmm. and just like that to me is like, ah, oh, like I just got like so excited because that's like the perfect horror movie to me. That sort of like following behind someone as they're running in fear, like it just yes. was so gorgeous. And like, it sort of had like, like I know it didn't take place in like the fifties, but she kind of looked like was mm-hmm. wearing like a, like a, almost looked like a poodle skirt. There was just something about it that I just aesthetically was like, oh my God, that was a gorgeous sequence.
0: I also really love the scene where the dad sees Rawhead at night yeah, for the like first time. Yeah, like standing there, it's yeah, so when, cool. when he's standing on the hill and it's like, that, that was them using the lighting and everything. Like you don't see how, for the most part, hokey the costume looks in a lot of the shots. Like it yeah. looks actually scary and eerie where you just see his red eyes stare in and it does that you know like the jaws like (gasps) like he sees it and then he drops the cigarette and he picks it up and the monster's gone and you're like oh god like that's this that's the thing you think about like if i anytime i've been camping and i've been in the woods at night by myself i've always thought that like what if i saw a monster right now like that's that's it that's like chef's kiss like horror movie moment
1: it really is rife for a remake like a remake would be fantastic i feel yes improve a lot
0: on it yes please like this is a movie that i want to compare it to last week where videodrome is a movie that they keep talking about that they're gonna remake it and i'm like no don't do it because i think the videodrome we have is like just right the way it is uh and even if it is dated like i don't think any changes you make are just going to mess up the soup with that one. It's just not going to be the same movie or the same impact. Whereas something like this, another cult movie that I love, like I still love this movie for what it is, but like, yes, do a remake, make something cooler, bigger, better, you know, whatever run wild with it i'm sure there's a lot of angles they could take with a remake
1: yeah the original is great but i think it could really benefit from a remake and i don't know why clive barker doesn't like it so much like i mean i obviously haven't read his book and knowing some of the rest of his movies like they are much darker
0: yeah i think that was part of it was the tone as well was he wanted something that was truly like dark and horrific uh, and this is more like a ode to, you know, monster 50s, 60s monster on the loose stories.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but it's it's real good. I think it, yep. and it really, I mean, it's not talked about much. No,
0: like, I, I know. I know it's got like a cult following among like monster people like me, because it's like cool monster that, you know, people don't talk about enough. Kind of like I'd say Pumpkinhead, you know, like somebody like that. That's known, but, you know second rung third rung kind of monster
1: and i was pretty right my assumption of what it was all about that there was a family at the heart of it a monster's unleashed irish lore havoc is wreaked people will be killed and died evil will not well Mm -hmm. i said evil will not prevail
0: i guess it does i mean he lives spoilers he lives at the end yeah
1: he pops back up but and i said a revenge tale with a monster and i mean revenge isn't I guess it's it is sort of at the heart of it and it becomes in play later with the dad with like our he with our main guy like he wants to get revenge for his son's death ultimately.
0: Mm-hmm. And out there too there is a interview. I wonder if you can find it on YouTube or whatever. I know it's on like the disc release of this. Was well, they did an interview with the guy that played Rawhead Rex. Okay. Uh from just a couple years ago. He Is like a, he's just shy of seven feet. So that's how tall the monster was in reality. But he was just some German guy. He was literally 19 years old when he made this movie. Apparently he was like a university student in Ireland and like saw the call for like, we're doing this monster movie. And he was just like, I love monster movies. So he went and they're like, you get to be the monster. So he was just this 19 year old German guy that (laughs) played the monster. And this is his like one screen credit. That's
1: amazing. Good for him.
0: Yeah. And he did it over like a summer or whatever, whatever his exchange program thing was in Ireland. And I'm like, that's incredible. That's my dream. Like the horror movie dream for me is like, I just want to play a monster or something in a movie. <laughs> so anybody out there like that's just put me in a mask and I will run around and chase people like there's no tomorrow.
1: And yeah, go check it out. It's on Shutter. It's gorgeous. And uh, you, should, you should do it if you have it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's definitely a, uh, you know, this is, this is the beginnings of Clive Barker in cinema because this was the movie he wanted more control. So he's like my next movie that gets adapter, my next work that gets adapted, I'm directing it. And that was Hellraiser. So that's how that came into being. I also revisited Nightbreed. Uh, I had time to get that in there. Speaking of Clive Barker, cause I was like, I saw Rawhead, let's do Nightbreed. And you know, again, that's another uh, movie that he had full control over, but there's a lot of like Clyde Barker loves his monsters and he loves to marry some kind of sexual uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> undertones, often overtones to his monster stories. So true. Yeah. It's almost always in there. So out of how many wo- woman totem stones out of five, uh, how many do you give this?
1: I give it three and a half.
0: Wow. Very good. I was thinking like this could go either way when I started rewatching this. I'm like, either you'll be so like put off by like the corny 80s of this movie uh, or you'll dig it. So I'm glad you dug it. I think you give it more than me. I give it a three, a straight three. Okay. yeah, no,
1: I really dug it
0: because it's definitely like good. Uh, It verges, it teeters in and out of that so bad it's good. Or is it just good, good? You know what I mean? But uh, it's worth your time. I think people, yeah. more people need to check it out.
1: Most
0: definitely.
1: All right, so as usual, we'll zoom ahead a few years, to 2013, mm-hmm. for yep. Big Bad Wolves. And the tagline is, some men are created evil. The twisted paths of three very different men brutally collide due to a chain of unspeakable murders, a grieving father who has been doomed to seek vengeance, and a police detective who boldly crosses the narrow boundary between law and crime meet a religion teacher suspected of being the murderer. The end.
0: This fucking movie, man, I was going to text you when this was ending where I was like, what is happening? This was crazy. And I loved the ride i loved this journey it's gorgeous like it is
1: so well like it's so glossy and beautiful to watch
0: it looks amazing the score was incredible the score
1: is really cool
0: every actor is perfect in their role uh one time
1: though they talked about him being like he says he's 45 the like the dad the oh yeah the dad of the dead daughter and i was like Come on. Like, he looks like he's 60. And I looked it up and he was 51 when they made it. So he was actually closer to 45 than to 60. But I was like, no way are you 45.
0: Hey, maybe he's lived a hard life. I mean, they talked about him. (laughs) They they were just like, he was like, you know, chief of police in Lebanon or something like that. And I'm like, okay. Like, I know that's a war-torn country. Like, to us Americans, we might not uh, pick up on that. Because I feel like there was a lot of Israeli, like cultural things in here yeah that
1: whole thing with the guy on the horse is so like not living there like i don't fully get it but it's mm-hmm. intriguing and it's it, it's just a, an interesting part of the story
0: yes and the whole of course the idea of recovering the daughter's severed head because of you know burial rites and all that where i'm like okay so I that's didn't like even a, think of that that's like a whole taboo thing you know in the culture mm-hmm. that carries a weight that like it doesn't for us like hearing it necessarily, where it, they're like, Oh, this is an absolute must. We have to find it.
1: And not that this movie's hard to find because you can rent it on YouTube for like $4, but mm-hmm. it's. Not- streaming service i had a hard time like f- like downloading it <laughs> like it was a pain in the butt for yeah. me to like get a hold of but
0: and i feel like this was on netflix at one point or something I wasn't it, it somewhere was. for like just a minute and it's like what happened i guess some of these foreign movies it's got to be the rights holders and stuff that it yeah. disappears from a lot of services but yeah no this was a ride like when it started that opening was so incredibly effective of the children that playing slow-mo
1: that beautiful like because i hate bad slow-mo where it's like choppy but mm-hmm. like when it's just like literally life slowed down especially mm-hmm. when there's movement and like the kids are like kind of like running around and stuff and i'm just like in heaven like it's just so pretty it's so yes. pretty. yes to-
0: and it's just them you know it's the kids playing but they're playing in these like derelict buildings and construction like prom sites. night yeah. And it's and it's uh the music makes it so ominous because you're like, you know, this is something's going to go wrong. And it makes me think of like to my own like childhood, like, cause, you know, that was common for us, like probably that age too to be like going down to the storm drains in our neighborhood and stuff. And you shouldn't be down there mm-hmm. just out of safety. But, you know and then you hear the stories of kids go missing or whatever and it's like where were they seen oh down by the storm drain and then so and so never came home like all those kinds of stories growing up that were like who it really really effective like that transcends any culture i think that's just you know the direct
1: translation of the israeli title is who's afraid of the bad wolf but i like big bad wolves better it's much more concise and and it's sort of like all three of them can kind of be the big bad wolves.
0: Mm-hmm. All of them.
1: And did you, you probably socks, it's on the poster and it's like really what almost all the reviews, especially on Letterboxd mention is that Quentin Tarantino said it was his favorite film of 2013.
0: Which kind of surprised me because to, you know, be a little catty, I was like, oh, but this isn't like some bad kung fu movie from 1970 no one's heard of like those are usually what quentin tarantino is like this was the best movie ever made and you're like what are you talking about Uh, his
1: second (laughs) favorite movie that year was spring breakers which i'm actually a big fan of spring breakers is wild man yeah it really is but
0: yeah no i was kind of surprised that he loved this so much because it seemed a little bit like straightforward for him, but I don't know. It had like, I was watching this and I'm like, so this is true detective Israeli edition, I guess. Like this is, (laughs) I know what this story is. Okay, cool.
1: I I really appreciate the humor. Like in such a dark, bleak story, there's so much humor, which makes it feel to me more palatable than a lot of these sorts of revenge.
0: Yeah, I think this movie would be borderline unwatchable without the humor. Like, it would just be too intense and too dark if it was just gratuitous.
1: I don't remember what the movie is called. I've never watched it just because the idea of it is, like, not appealing to me whatsoever. But there's, like, parents and their son gets killed and they, like... I feel like Julia Stiles is in it or something, which is another reason I probably don't watch it because she's horrible. But like they kidnap the, or er, no, it's Erica Christensen, who I actually do like. But they like kidnap the, the kid's killer and like torture him in their basement or something. And I'm just like, that just sounds miserable. Like I don't appreciate those sorts of revenge, torture sorts of stories but this one totally i'm on board for like the whole time but i think the humor is a huge part of it i just think it's so like it's so funny
0: it's yeah. clever and witty i saw a lot of people comparing it to the movie prisoners is that the movie you're thinking of
1: no you're talking about with jake gyllenhaal or whatever yeah jake gyllenhaal no, and Hugh jackman that, though.
0: which i guess that has a similar plot to to this so i've never seen that one but yeah everyone on letterbox no. kept saying like it's kind of like prisoners so I guess that's a similar movie. Yeah, this, uh, you know, th- this is a movie too where I'm like, I'm sure they're saying something about masculinity in general. Yeah, because
1: that's one of the most interesting things is there's no women. Women are only, besides like the ballet teacher, the like little yeah. girls you see, like there's no the, women in it.
0: The wife's voice over the phone, yeah. the literal like portion you see of the the dead daughter. Like just her legs, and you know, and then at the end of the movie, the other daughter. I'm uh, and I'm sure that's by design because I'm like, this is a movie saying something about masculinity, like a certain kind of toxic masculinity and that, fatherhood or being and fathers. fatherhood. Yeah, yeah, and that the the women are just props in this movie, essentially, or they're just plot devices. Uh, but I think it's by design. Yeah, uh, sure. like str- strongly calculated in this, especially too. I did appreciate as the movie got going. I really appreciated that they did not linger on one, like what exactly was the evidence against this guy in the beginning that they, you know, mm-hmm. took him aside and beat him up that you're like, cause it left you in the dark too. You couldn't form a judgment. So you did don't know what. they just say someone saw him? That's it. But they, yeah. they don't, they don't really explain like where they saw him, what he was, you know, they don't give you too much info other than like, we think it's him and we're going to get him, but we don't have enough you know, legally to do anything. So we're going to do this extra legally. Uh I like that they avoided giving you too much info there. So you don't make a snap judgment. And I think by not lingering on the dead girls, like literally all we ever see is the one girl's legs in the beginning. And it's like, and you don't spend too much time. You learn details later, but in those moments you don't see too much. And I think that helps keep it uh, that again i think that's by design the narrative wants you to think certain things at certain times so they're not giving you too much info so you go into this and you're like yeah kill that pedophile like right off the bat you're yeah you're questioning
1: back and forth
0: you go back and forth because i spent forever i'm like that's gonna be the twist is this guy didn't do it and they're gonna kill this dude and find out like oh crap like
1: and let's just say if you haven't watched this and you want to watch it leave now because now let's talk spoilers because yeah we got to talk about it yeah So that's kind of what you were thinking. Like you didn't really like, even when the detective talks to his wife and then comes back to the house, like then were you like, Oh, he did do it.
0: Oh yeah. No, I was absolutely. I grabbed that moment where he's like, you're a father. And I was like, how does he know he has a daughter? Like the detective didn't even question that. I was like, how the fuck does that dude know that the detective has a daughter? Like he shouldn't know that. Like that's going to be something. It was, was so like, clever
1: how they set it up with him talking to his wife about not being able to see the daughter, yet he's at the ballet class, and like mm-hmm. you just assume that that little girl is his daughter.
0: Yep, and yeah, yeah, and the detective's daughter was in that ballet class, you know, as yeah. well.
1: So no, it's that like... well, that was his daughter in the beginning. That was with like the cake and everything. That's how I imagined it to be. Okay. But earlier, when you think the pedophile oh! with his daughter, he's actually with the policeman's daughter. Oh, wow. I didn't I think believe about- what is the, the truth. I don't, I guess I didn't like go back and compare the little girl and the, the, the sure I didn't room even, I and didn't even the put little that- girl with the cake, sure, but I okay. believe like earlier supposed to be like, oh, he's with his daughter, but I think he's always was with, cause she said, oh, she left with you from ballet class. And I think she left with the pedophile and they came back and had the cake and he drugged her.
0: Yeah. Okay. I didn't even think about that. Wow. But yeah, no that was the so moment cool. that was the moment where I snapped was like he shouldn't know that the guy has a daughter uh and then when the when uh Mick, Mickey was the character's name right yeah when Mickey yeah, goes to leave yep. when Mickey goes to leave uh the dude is like if you leave now you're going to regret this for the rest of your life because that's you know mm-hmm. because he's never going to see his daughter again is what's going to happen because that guy knows he's going to die and he's like I'm not going to exactly what happens I'm not going to tell you where she is and I was like, "Holy shit!" No, the guy did do it, and that was his like his you know he, he, he thought his ace in the hole. That's what he was holding on to the whole time.
1: I just feel like like I I like the ending, but it, like I was imagining it in my head that it was gonna be a but like all three of them or four of them with the dad, like the dad of the the dad, that like they were all gonna end up like killing each other, and no one was gonna find out any answers, as opposed to just how it ended that's how i felt last night but as we're talking about it, i'm like oh the ending is so good <laughs> so. yeah no no no
0: i do love i love the fact too that it leaves those three men alive uh and they now have to deal with the repercussions of everything they've done like there's but they that.
1: still wouldn't be able to like prove that that guy was the guy
0: no yeah like, he that. never
1: said anything like he's just assumes like he comes back and he he does know in his heart but there's no like evidence necessarily no. to, like oh he did take my daughter.
0: Yeah, how are they going to prove that guy did it? Dude's daughter is still missing. The other guy, they're never going to find the rest of her remains and like and they're just left with the crushing existential like weight of all of the things they've done that it's like wow. That's a heavy ass ending, but I like that that's where it went with this.
1: Yeah. I loved that basement. Like just like the cavernous, like very silence of the lambsy those with those like brick or not brick, but like stone walls and hallways and stuff. I'm like, that is a cool ass cabin. At some point the dad's like, it's a dump or something like that. I'm like, this place is gorgeous.
0: uh, I'm like, this is nicer than my house. Like, look at this thing (laughs) at at the end too. I saw in letterbox a lot of people or like, no, maybe it was a synopsis somewhere. I read they're like, And the camera pans over to reveal Mickey's daughter's unconscious body is what they call it. Like, you know, optimistically I'll say, cause I'm like, she could just be straight up dead. Like we don't see her. Like the movie gives you like people writing a synopsis unconscious. Like, are you just giving us hope as a viewer that she was still alive and like, maybe she can, you know, still get out of this, but I'm like, or is she dead? Cause this is supposed to be sometime later. Like, Mm -hmm. and she's locked in a secret room. Like, uh, Chances of survival, I think, are nil. Unfortunately, yeah. And I think the it's movie's definitely leaked.
1: horror adjacent. But I could, like, I would include this on like a top ten of my horror that year or whatever because it definitely, yeah, fits in. It's just disturbing and weird and yeah, cruel. G-
0: horror adjacent for sure. Yeah, a lot of this movie, like when I look it up online, it's one of those movies that's going to fall into a bunch of different genres because uh, you can be like, you know, it's like a pitch black comedy but it's mm-hmm. got horror elements. It's a crime thriller. It's, you know, I would call it a neo-noir. It would fall into that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Definition I think very easily, but yeah, man, this was like a revelation. This was a good one uh, to get that I'd heard so many good things about it. Uh, and it definitely lived up to the hype. And I don't know how this one fell out because this is so like a movie for me. Like that's what I was thinking, watching it. I was like, you picked a really good one for me that, uh, As far as my taste goes, I was all about this.
1: Well, good. I was hoping that that would be the case. And I was excited to watch it and be like, man, this is just like as good as I remember. I remember for a while it was one that I would show to people and then it just sort of fell away. Like I stopped thinking about it or maybe it's because it's foreign and you know, Mm -hmm. you're late at night, like, you know, getting high with people and like watching a foreign movie is like not necessarily like the thing you wanna like go to.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was pretty cool, too. Like, I, so the movie was in Hebrew uh, since it was Israeli. And I'm sure there's a whole Israeli film industry that I, like, don't even know anything about. But I'm like, yeah. I think this is the only, like, Hebrew language, you know, Israeli movie I can think of that I've even seen. Yeah. And sure. it's just like, I found it to be a, just a fascinating language to listen to uh, be yeah, spoken. Yeah, I did too. Like, because I think that's part of the fun, too, of foreign films for, for us Americans is to listen to these other language fluid speakers speak them. And some of them have such a, like, beauty to the language itself that I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could speak more than English. because
1: Yeah, you should never watch anything dubbed. It's just the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except I for agree.
1: animation. Like, animation,
0: I think that that's fine. Yeah, I think but... animation it works for. But, yeah, most... I feel like virtually all movies, like don't watch it, watch it in the original language. Just and
1: can't. You have to take hear it in, the in that way. From their voice and, and all yeah, that. Yeah,
0: ab- absolutely. But yeah, so this was just a great experience altogether. watching. Good.
1: I think some connections between the two is like a father's revenge. That was like a huge one I felt between yeah. Red Wrecks and this. Yep,
0: And I felt both of these movies were like a statement about like, in the one movie it's represented in a, Freaking monster, literally. Uh, and then in this movie, it's in the monstrous acts that men do. But it's like these are both about like toxic masculinity or like a type of mm-hmm. just uh, destructive male energy. Yes. Both of them for sure. So, and I think I got like my synopsis was pretty much right. Like, I guess I'd heard enough. Of this movie.
1: Exactly. Somebody's Uh, daughter gets murdered. Revenge. Hilarity ensues.
0: (laughs) I was right about the hilarity ensues. Like, I was so shocked that I was like, actually, it is funny. Oh, wow. It is. Oh, the police chief was maybe my favorite character.
1: His son was mine.
0: His son was incredible. The scene (laughs) with the son where he was, like, letting his son chew out the detective as well. So like, that was incredible. What a good scene.
1: Yeah, that was hilarious.
0: And there is just something too, like I did appreciate the movie for its moments of like the tenderness between the father and son in that scene. And they mm-hmm. and they recreate it kind of again with the, you know, uh, Giddy, is that his name? The uh, the dad of the murdered daughter. And then when yep. his dad shows up, like uh, there, there are these moments of like father-son tenderness that I feel like oftentimes movies feel like that's too mushy not manly enough we can't go there but this movie kind of treaded close to that where i'm like that's realistic i can relate to that i feel so
1: yeah that he's there for his son when he finds everything out he's like all right well how do we do this and then he's like much like animals what scares humans the most is fire oh i was like holy crap i know i was like
0: dad is hardcore oh my god grandpa wow and he just blow torches the dude yeah, that's amazing. That was that was hardcore, man. Yeah,
1: that was the worst of the torture for sure. For
0: sure. And then when he was gonna do his dick, I was like, "Oh my god!"
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, "Always gets the balls." Always does.
0: Always it. and every every time it works every time.
1: Yep. So, how many ripped out toenails do you give this out of five?
0: Uh, I'm mean, gonna give it a straight four today. Beautiful. I kind of like lingered on this. I'm like, do I want to give it more or not? Uh, But today I give it a four. I give it four as well. I will probably rewatch this movie for sure. Like this is going to be a, I got to come back and revisit this and see how I feel the next time. I'm sure I'll still enjoy it. But this is a movie that feels like by, it's very construction. It's very craftsman-like. So there is like, I think they want you to come back and watch this multiple times and meditate on it and try and uh, think about life, the universe and everything as you watch this movie. So there you go.
1: Well, good. I'm glad you watched it. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I was thinking, I was hoping you would give it four stars, but then like earlier I'm like, oh, he'll probably give it three and a half, but I should have just stuck with my gut.
0: Yeah, you were right. Four. I was just, there are moments where I kind of fluctuated. I'm like, it depends on how this all pans out. Because I was getting real frustrated where the movie was going to give us no answers. Uh, I was like, I wouldn't have hated it if it was vague and we never knew any truths but no, I appreciated it that it went there just enough that I feel like, you know, that there is only one answer, which is that guy fucking did it. But, you know, he, <laughs> he took his secrets to his grave with him. And it's like, yep. that's that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. It's how the poisoned cookie crumbles. That's it. The poison cake makes you pass out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, write us, if, especially if you've seen this, like, let us know what you thought.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want to, if you're out there, write to that email, scaring is sharing at gmail.com. That's right. I got it right. I'm used to you saying it most of the time. So (laughs) write to us there. If you've seen these movies, tell us about your thoughts, your experiences with these movies. Like, you know, I don't know any movies, any of them really. That's right. Anything we've talked about. Yeah. Do you agree that Brandy Joe has been on fire these last couple of weeks with like between extraordinary and this, I'm like, man, you're oh. just giving me some of my favorite stuff. I think you've given me so far. <laughs> like definitely contenders for the top spots. So,
1: well, we got a long way to go.
0: Yeah. And there's a, the higher you go, the longer the fall. So. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry. Cause I got some, I'm sure I can pull up some bottom of the barrel stuff.
1: Well, I can't watch as well. So,
0: Come Uh, back next week and
1: see what we got in
0: store for each other then. Uh It's going to get wild, I can guarantee. That's right. Well, guys, it's been a blast. Indeed. We we shared some laughs. We shared some screams. We shared some screams, so keep on sharing them, and we'll see you next week. Bye. This has been a production of Plan and Amp podcast powered by Pinecast.